Welcome to the Remedial Film Class Podcast, Season 2, Episode Number 1. I'm Dan, your host. And I'm Travis. And I'm George. And George made it through Season 1. He got middling grades, but we'll pass him. But tonight he's in for a special treat because he's returning from fall break. George, how was your fall break? It was fantastic. I, uh, I watched... Every Friday the 13th, and even some Jason movies that didn't even say Friday the 13th. Yeah. Here we are. We've returned to our curriculum. We're here back in the full, serious remedial film class. And so, for your first project this year, we're actually going to give you an essay of sorts at what I did on my fall break. <laughs> Do you think you'd be able to get me that double spaced and in uh, Times New Roman, say 10, make it a little small? Sound good? Sure. Um, how many pages? You know what? Slash words. Forget the pages. Let's just do this. Uh, it'll be a little bit more straightforward if Travis and I have you watch Friday the 13th from 2009. It's a bit of a reboot of what you watched over your fall break. Okay. And then we'll have you come back to the uh, classroom and give us a full report orally. Ooh. Hey, now. All so, right. So... <laughs> I would normally would ask it? you at this point in the show, George, what you expect from this movie you've never seen. But I think you've probably got a pretty damn good idea of what to expect. Yeah. So instead, I'm going to ask you this. How do you think you would reboot Friday the 13th? Ooh. Oh, God. That's a great question. That's on, that's on the spot. Give me, give me your elevator pitch. Let me hear your elevator pitch for rebooting Friday the 13th. Well... The whole franchise, or like I'm just, just saying, the... you've got the keys to the kingdom. You're making Friday the Thirteenth, and everybody knows it's a reboot. How do you do it? Give me mm. a give me a quick pitch. It's tough because it's a uh, it's just one movie, right? So, I mean, because my my biggest my biggest gripe, or my you know where I would have taken the franchise would have been um, what's his name, Jarvis. Uh, yeah, Tommy. Tommy Jason. Tommy Jason. That, that would have been that would have been where I went, um, in that direction, and so everything up to that point I thought was done really well, except for three. You know, I just would have done the same movie without 3D. You know, so you would have done four, <laughs> yeah, basically. <yeah. laughs> four, the remake. Yeah, second chances. I don't know. I like uh, I like my Jason to be uh, mortal. Um, I definitely would keep him mortal. And um, believe it or not, it would definitely be pre-hockey mask. Okay. I believe it. I've seen the yeah. town that dread. I mean, Friday the 13th part two. I know mm-hmm. what's up. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. But I don't think there's really much to fix before, you know. Well, think of uh, maybe not to fix, but how as a fan, now that you are a fan. Because most people that get to do the reboot, they are fans and they mm-hmm. are getting a chance to tell their version like I remember a few months ago we talked about how cool it would be that every Halloween they would give the movie Halloween to a new director and see what they would do yeah. with it even though it's the same movie same script and whatever just to see visually how somebody would do it differently changing it is one thing but to actually pay it a homage or pay it the respect is another way of thinking of it too because that's how I would handle it I wouldn't change anything but I would handle it respectfully and yeah, I think 
the only thing I would fix was would be maybe timeline. You know, there's a lot of right. timeline issues. I think maybe I would make I I might make the first one, you know, happen on the day that Jason quote unquote drowns. So she loses her shit that day. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that opens it up to be to be more like Jason definitely did see her die and that's why Jason is the way he is. Right. Whereas you don't get that in the uh in the originals. I don't think they ever expected to do the second one. That's probably why. Probably. Yeah. Is that true, Dan? Yeah. No, they had no idea. That's the yeah. cool thing with these movies. Like, they leave them open for sequels, but really until Friday 2, trying to think, but I think Friday 2 is the first really, like, sequel of a slasher movie that made any money, mm. and it is the thing that spawns the sequelitis that all the other franchises fall into immediately because it makes so much money. Right. Up until that point, they were all one-off slashers. So, let me ask you this, George. Cynically, try to put on your cynical hat. I know that's difficult for you. But just try yeah, right. it. Uh, <laughs> how do you expect the remake to go? The rebooty Friday. What are they going to do? What are they going to give you? All the tropes, right on the nose. You're going to get boobs. You're going to get hopefully much better special effects because it's happening when special effects have progressed more. So mm-hmm. that should be good. I was really hoping you were going to say, hopefully angry pickle. <laughs> <laughs> angry pickle. Slightly angry pickle. Partially angry pickle. Day three of, of <laughs> before you call the doctor. <laughs> hours, That's hours, hours bro. Pickle? Not days. <laughs> <laughs> Is it four hours? I thought it was four days. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, you know. <laughs> what the hell were we talking about? Oh, uh, what do I expect? Yeah, what does Cynical George expect from a reboot of a franchise that you've now seen 10 pictures movies, uh, t- picture movies, 10 movies from? <laughs> See, c- Cynical George. 10 picture movies. <laughs> Cynical George expects bad acting, unrealistic special effects, lots of boobs. This is what you're expecting? Lots of tropes. That's cynical, George. Okay. I hope it's not like that. Okay. You know, I hope it's well done and I hope that they I hope that they do the tropes but not in a tropey way. I don't know mm. what, no, what I'm sense. trying to say. But you don't want it to be cliche. You want them to actually pay homage with the tropes but not make an airplane movie or like a correct. You know, scary movie. Yeah. Right. I hear you. So Cynical me says all those things, but I, but the fan in me wants it to be good. Well, George, hmm. I think you've said enough because all I want to do is spoil this fucking movie. So mm-hmm. <laughs> here's what we're going to do. Uh, you guys go watch the movie and then we'll get back together here and we'll talk about it in depth. All right. Let's get to work. And we're back. Well, George... My man, that's your 11th Friday the 13th you just sat through in about, what, four weeks or something? We've really crammed <laughs> these in there. No. I mean, I. for you, it's like a first-time traumatic experience. For me, this is like every October. So yeah, you just live mm. like 20 years in like a couple weeks. This is what we do every year at my house. <laughs> it was rad. What? It was pretty rad. You liked yeah. it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's freaking sweet, dude. <laughs> it didn't really matter. Yeah, it really didn't matter if the the movie was good or not. That's almost the beauty of it. 
Mm. Tell me it more, man. I want to hear your initial impressions. I want to hear what you got. I don't need notes. I need feelings. Of this one? Yeah, man. Uh, this, this, this one was, it was really good. It was really well done. It was like an actual movie. It wasn't, you know, an 80s, you know, watch it trope tropey slasher watch it like yeah. it was really it was decent it was taken seriously it was taken seriously the acting was good even like even the bad acting was yeah good. even the country <laughs> bumpkin guy yeah. at the sawmill or <laughs> wherever he was you know he was a little off and weird and not normal but even he was a half decent actor <laughs> the guy was molesting mannequins i, I think I think he was supposed to be a little off. Yeah, he was definitely <laughs> supposed to be a little off, but like, y- you know, you know who I'm comparing yeah. to, right? The bumpkins yeah. in 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 three and were part, and part not eight nine. The people running the diner were were like that. Stereotypical. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, even he was, and it was good because he was in there. He was weird, and he was in the movie for just the right amount of time, mm-hmm. like about ten seconds. It was good. That's all we needed. I don't know, man. Uh, Old paper cuts, as I call him. Not a big fan of that guy. Yeah, well, kind of wish he wasn't in the movie at all. There were some things. Uh, there were some things I was wondering about, like for instance, why didn't Jason just kill Whitney? Is that her name? Whitney. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why was she still alive? She resembled his mother. Is that why? Yeah. Okay. That's what. That's I think they touched on that when when uh, they find the locket. Yeah, the boyfriend guy. The boyfriend gives her the locket. Was she wearing it when he was about to kill her? Yeah, he puts it on her. Muscle Shelly, the boyfriend, who's kind of like half Rob, half Shelly. Very strange. Uh, He puts the uh, locket on her and is like, oh, she kind of looks like you. Yeah. Which is weird. I was kind of setting that up. I mean, it kind of reminds me of if you were like it on Michael's and you're like, hey, (laughs) baby. This uh, picture in the frame, the the stock one from the company, <laughs> kind of looks like you. I'm gonna kinda buy it, like put it on my shelf. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because they kind of, uh, again, one of the au- most awesome openings ever. Everything that happens before the title, yeah, is just effing amazing. Yeah, I like how they they addressed the first movie. Yeah, the way they did, yeah. really See, short. They they short redid, and sweet. they read they redid that one scene that was the most important scene. And they kept true to the lines, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it was really well it's done. Perfect. Yep. But I, when when Jason uh, does the blade, and what what was the boyfriend's name? Uh, Muscle Shelley. Muscle Shelley <laughs> uh, puts that blade through his head, and then does the retrieval, the classic Jason retrieval, and then comes at her, and then they cut it. Mm. So at some point in his full rage, he sees that locket around her neck. Right. Oh, but now that's Superstore that he gets from the bear trap. Muscle Shelley's the guy who gets the the rob kill. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, He's killing me. Get out of here. Instead, it's just like, Whitney, run. Blah, stuff's coming yeah. out of him. That was a way better version of what they tried to do in part four. Yes. Hell of a lot better. Yes, yeah, homage is everywhere. I am dying. He's <laughs> killing me. He's killing Trace me. He's killing me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, way better with like blood goop flying out of him while he says it. Way grosser, mm. but also way more effective. I was really kind of worried, George. You being the part one staunch protector, right? This whole time, one has been your number mm-hmm. one Friday, and here I give you a movie called Friday, and they basically make 
part one like a footnote before the pre-credit sequence. And I was like, I don't know if George is going to like this. Well, part two, part two is one of my favorites too. Yeah, true. I think they they knew th- that you know. <laughs> so they're not yeah. going to spend the whole movie trying to remake that, that reveal. Right. So I kind of, I almost was glad they didn't, uh, dumb it down because you know when you watch like the third Spider-Man movie where they do the origin story and you're just like okay I get it Uncle Ben dies <laughs> right you just want him to move on same thing with Batman right how okay, many times I do it. I have to see the pearls I get it yeah it's yeah, sad I get it. so with this they were just like all right we'll do a, a really interesting vignette kind of mm-hmm. it it totally wraps it all up in a little bow and it it pays homage to the mother. It still keeps that same origin story, but you get kick-ass town that feared sundown Jason mm-hmm. the first time you see him, and he's done, and that credit comes up, that title card, and you're like, holy shit. Yeah, so <laughs> I really liked the way Jason looked in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that the town that dreaded sundown Jason wasn't such a, bag head mm. and put it that way it was more tight it was like wrapped was tight, almost yeah. a little bit that was cool that they made it like that i like that when he killed the the sawmill country bumpkin guy there was a reveal of the face that was kind mm-hmm. of like dimly lit you could tell he was deformed but it was well done right and then immediately hockey mask right that was cool i like how they did that but even before that like you just just the way he carries himself, the way he looks, the way he moves, everything is just like a freight train. He might be my favorite yeah. Jason actor, whoever whoever he is. He's good. Ode to a Derek Mears. <laughs> I love me some Derek Mears. Oh, I also want to talk I want to talk more about Jason. Okay. I I liked how they tied in how Jason was kind of like an expert at every camping activity. Mm. Right? So, he was you know, setting traps, which is not something that he did before right that, that i can remember really mm, he did a little well, bit of it remember in part two he uses the rabbit trap to capture the pervy guy after the okay. skinny right. dip okay so you know the the trapping the you know the setting like the trip cord right. connected to the bell so that he could know when someone's coming in the camp while he was down in his little lair right being really good at archery you can see the you know the the targets he utilized the camp let's put it that way yeah while, while he yeah, was yeah in dormant yeah he has <laughs> he has archery he has uh he has knot tying mm-hmm. uh, hatchet throwing like these are all kind of camp activities that he's i don't know become an expert at my first note was survivalist jason prepper jason yep is amazing jason yeah like i just i i totally just added to that character because it's one thing to be a slasher and doing and killing people, but to actually show a purpose, but like a behind, like that's what I loved about Leatherface. There was like a purpose behind what he was doing, that wasn't just like an evil dri- driving force or whatever. It was like he was doing it to please his family, and he was brought up that way. So you kind of that's how he behaved. This Jason seemed like he was he was basically left to be raised by wolves and he developed all these he probably had like strategies yeah there's probably like uh boy scout type books and camper books that he probably had to reference and learn as he grew up he learned how to do all these things and it gave it such a different level that 
I could appreciate. I was just like, oh my god, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many little details that after talking to Derek Mears about it, like he gave us so many insights on that character that you just through his character study and all these different things that he did, it shows on the screen. Like you're just like, oh my god, somebody took it seriously. Someone wasn't just the guy in the mask. He he gave it all these different things, which I love. Well, and how long have we been waiting for them to pay off an archery kill? Because if you remember yeah. Friday 1, you're like, oh, shoot. There's an That's archery true. range. Ooh, they almost hit her in the... They're going to do it. They're going to do an archery kill. And then you don't get anything until, what, part 3? You get the spear you gun the kill? the harpoon kill. <laughs> so, I mean, this is like a... This is a perfect example of how to reboot, right? You take a thing you yeah. wanted and never got. You mix it with the thing you got but didn't really satisfy. And then you combine it into something that makes sense in the context of your character. I mean, I know it's a reboot made by Michael Bay, but that's a hell of a class in how you do what he just did. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he even told us down to the detail of uh, there's a scene where he's carrying his axe or his machete, and he has, like, a holster for it. And in part six, he's got, like, the the belt, and he almost got, like, the utility Batman belt. Mm -hmm. But he, uh, Derek explained that they sat down and they thought, okay, what does Jason have access to? So they figured out that a lot of his gear is made from leftover stuff at the camp. So his holster is made from a horse bridle, like the the bit Mm -hmm. and bridle for for riding horses. And when you look at it, it's completely formed to where it slides in and he can do what he has to do and he can do things with two hands. Like when he's chasing somebody, he doesn't have to worry about putting the knife down. Like He just kind of puts it away. Right. But it all makes sense. It's almost like Batman uh, Begins, where everything's explained in real life. Like, oh, this could exist. Yes. So with Jason, it's like, oh, where did that axe come from? Like you guys were saying during Seven. Why all of a sudden does he have a weed whacker with a saw blade on it? <laughs> exactly. Like, like, is there just like a shed in the woods that has all this stuff? Yeah, he's like got an armory. Right. Well, where and did he get the gasoline for that? Yeah, he's not like creating new tools with which to kill people either. He's right. Like that circular saw slash weed whacker slash tree. tree. I mean, right. just come on, part seven. Like, And they show him that, like, that scene when he's coming back to the house, and there's, like you said, the you find out that he has Whitney downstairs. Mm-hmm. You know, he's carrying one body on his shoulder, and he's carrying another something in his hand. The but bag, you, I think. Yeah, but you never see that in any of the movies. Like, it's always. The reveal somewhere is a pile yeah, of bodies. bodies show up somewhere. Yeah, yeah, this is him doing that, and then the whole scene where he's realizes somebody's there, and he kicks the lights on. Yep, and he's like knocking canoes over. Like that to me, it was just so many more added things to the character. It's almost like if Jason was a marine, right? That was had his home fortified mm-hmm. in some way, but in like a Jason Camper style, right? But he still has like a childish mentality. Right. That's why it has to be right. a Jason Camper yeah. style. Yeah. Yeah. He's almost like an Eagle Scout. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I'm loving that. I like the Marine aspect too. Cause, but he would have been self-taught. Right. Which makes it even better. Right. Kind of like a, a MacGyver or, you know, using what's around you. And yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of MacGruber in there too, isn't Magru- there, guys? <laughs> MacGruber. So speaking of cliches. <laughs> hey. 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 Um, hey. I I I wrote down the characters are cliche. Like when you finally not the opening credits people, but mm-hmm. the 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 basically the red shirts that are going to be picked off. 
they're cliche, but they're purposely done cliche. That's the way I looked at it. But you know, like the the uh, what's his name, Lawrence. Oh, you mean Green Day? Yeah, <laughs> I like Green Day. Green Day. He he brings attention a few times that he's the only black guy there, and he's like, "You think just because I'm black, I listen to rap?" And then she's like, "Well, no. What do you listen to?" He's like, "Rap." <laughs> so it's like it's almost like cliche, but done in the in a smart way. You know, they they get picked off, and you know how it's going to happen. You know who's going to survive, but they kind of do it in a way where you kind of look at them as tropey, but they're almost like paying homage to the old school way. So I was fine with it being kind of corny. There's a lot of comic relief, too. But the dick character is a major dick. Oh, Chad? I yeah. mean, Trent, Chad. I mean, like, I, I Chad. wanted him to die so early. <laughs> oh, but wasn't it so much more rewarding to hear the yes. scream? Yes. I mean, I almost referred to him as Jamie Lee, because that's a hell of a scream, Trent. Hell of a scream. <laughs> I think my favorite aspect of the new characters was how effortlessly they rolled Tommy Jarvis into Rob from part four to create Scott Stapp, the moody, like mo- motorcycle guy. Like, okay. Hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, his arms wide open with uh, lots <laughs> of posters of his sister who's gone. But it's that cool mix of like Rob, whose sister was gone in part four, with Tommy, who's so close to his sister Trish, and then Trish and. Tommy survive part four. It's like you're taking the best elements of stuff that we've already used and mm-hmm. just straining out all the extra and all the weird and the creepy and the masks and the the eighties jargon, like the all the stuff that that was had to be in the eighties movies. They just kind of they got rid of all that and it streamlined everything. Definitely. So Jason in this movie, we've already talked about how great Derek Mears is. Great body language, great build. You know, a little bit more. You would say sleek. I think. If yeah. I go back to our Halloween episode and talk about the Michael Myers style body style, although he's big, well, he, Mears, he's, he's big, huge, but he's thin. He's CJ Graham is what he is. Yeah, he's, he's like CJ Graham, new CJ Graham, which is the part six, not mm-hmm. the fat part six, the skinny part six. <laughs> yeah, the skinny part six. But in this movie, his you know he's not just like a crazy prepper guy; he's also like tactical for the first mm-hmm. time. I mean, not just his uh, you know we talked about his defense structure and his bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, alarm system but when he gets going i mean while while chad and uh only fans get going you know uh hey hey uh <laughs> and he shows up at the window and you think oh shoot here we go it's gonna be the tent scene right mm. but then he turns around sees the tool shed and like tactically figures out hey that guy's alone so i'm gonna go take care of that guy these mm-hmm. two are busy i'll come back and get them later like you never see a, a thoughtful jason until this Mm-hmm. He plays and it, man, with the whole bear traps and everything. Like he treats yeah. the whole thing like yeah. a level from like Splinter Cell or something. He's, you know, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the perfect way to describe it. That's what I was trying to say when I said he was like a marine. He's tactical. Mm-hmm. That's what I was trying to say. It, it gives him a lot more depth. Yeah, like even with my favorite kill in the movie, which is uh, the axe throw into Lawrence. Okay. That Lawrence is running to the house. And, yeah, 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 and yeah I remember. He, and he yeah. does that double-handed axe throw. Yep. Even then, he's tactical because he could have gone up and just hacked him. But instead, he let him lay there and scream. Right. And it's like, and they address that in the house. No, we yeah. can't go help him. Yeah, it's like he's he, it's almost, he's trying to get us to come out. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, in in Full Metal Jacket when the sniper was picking people off. Exactly. 
it's they knew I'm going to shoot this Marine in the legs. And I'm going to keep shooting him and he's going to scream and that's going to draw more Marines out and then I can pick more people off. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think of that word tactical, but that's exactly what it was. Was it's that just, Full Metal Jacket or Saving Private Ryan? Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, it, it made that kill all the more better. And then when mm-hmm. he finally was done with them and he's like, okay, they're not coming out, he just flips them over, throws them back on the axe. Oh, mm-hmm. God, that's so gross. And then he makes him into like, blood soup in the hot tub i don't know what political yeah. statement he's trying to make but it, i i'm with it it's really gross <laughs> that scene's crazy too because right after he does that he turns into batman for a little bit which i mean you know i'm all about it but they cut to him like standing on the roof in like this very like batman pose yeah looks like the animated series you're just waiting for the lightning strike <laughs> and then in the next scene he sneaks in through an open window and it's literally batman begins for a minute He's, I'm fine with it. It's fun. Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> I'll tell you what, there. that jump scare got me when he was first in first in the house and she's what'd you call her? OnlyFans? OnlyFans. Is going yeah, <laughs> yeah is going behind the uh the curtain and her hand's shaking and mm. she like looks behind the curtain and then she which is also like kind of almost like a throwback to to a shower scene, mm-hmm. but she throws the curtain over and Jason's behind her. I was like, ha. Huh. Like <laughs> I did not expect that. That was good. I like that. (laughs) This many movies, you can still get somebody with that. Yep. Well, in that scene, we need to put a little pin in that scene. Okay? So write a note to yourself on a piece of paper and stick it to your forehead for later. (laughs) That scene encompasses a reference to Psycho with the shower scene. Which, yeah, you just said that. Halloween with the closet. Did you notice she at one point is up against one of those vented closet doors just like in Halloween? Yes. But then... The big finale of the scene where she gets put he, up on the he antlers. Hangs her, he hangs her up like uh, on the antlers, yeah, like uh, Texas. No. Well, no. No. Like the boyfriend. Uh, Go get me a beer. No. 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 Guys, guys, that is a direct reference to another movie, which you may be seeing in the next couple of weeks. So just keep the antler kill in your in your mind. Antler kill. Okay. okay I antler thought kill. I I saw it as a meat hook from Texas. Oh, it's very much. It there's as. a lot of chainsaw in this movie. And it's definitely similar to the meat hook, and it's definitely similar to, to Bob, the go-get-me-a-beer guy. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, there's a go-get-me-a-beer in this movie. I know. Yeah. I noticed that, too. I was like, ah, <laughs> go-get-me-a-beer. And the, <laughs> at one point they say, hey, I saw a guy carrying a body outside. Like, there's a lot of Halloween yeah. in this movie, but it's all, like, low-key Halloween. Mm. But, but yeah, so keep a pin in your antler kill, and when it pops up in a movie in a few weeks and you see it, you have to buy me a, a big cup of... Uh, buy him a beer. <laughs> no, no. Give me a buy me a go get me a ginger beer. <laughs> get me a beer. Send me some cock and bowl. <laughs> Mail you a ginger beer. Got it. <laughs> Next box. Excellent. All right. Another uh thing that I loved, because Dan knows my favorite kill is the sleeping bag kill. I thought your favorite kill was Lawrence. No, I'm saying of of I'm the just, of all the I'm old, just kidding. the you old have, movies. You can have two favorite kills. No, that's fine. The old movies, the sleeping bag kill oh, is my favorite. Yeah, the one where he's smacking her up against a tree. Right. If I can yeah. jump so, in here for a second, fellas, uh, listeners, the other night I had the extreme pleasure of hosting one Travis in the Friday the Thirteenth game, <laughs> and I had the head crush with the eye pop out thing all queued up and ready to go. And what did Travis do? He gifted me in a sleeping bag. He gifted me <laughs> a ham-fisted attempt at hiding in a tent. In a tent. And I was given this beautiful opportunity to give him exactly what he didn't know he wanted, 
which was to have his own head smashed against a tree in a sleeping bag. It was like the stars aligned, listeners. It was amazing. It was awesome. Anyway. I could say I was killed by Jason. In a sleeping bag. In a sleeping bag. And wasn't I part seven, Jason? I think I did that just for you. So look at me, man. Fan (laughs) service. Look at you. Fan service. Anyway. Well, so now kick it up a notch. The uh, uh, chestnuts roasting on an open fire kill. (laughs) Pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Like that whole scene between the bear trap and the boyfriend watching her boiling. Like, I was just like, holy shit. Again, tactical. You were like, this is a different Jason. Yes. This is a sick Jason. I remember, this was my third time watching it. I remember the first time I watched it, I was literally in love with this movie because of the first hour. Like, I was just like, oh my God. They've done everything I've always said they should have done. They're doing it. Yeah. It, It exists now. It's in canon. By the way, Chestnuts oh. might be the best nickname of all the... I should just throw away the rest of my list because that one... <laughs> chestnuts. Chestnuts. But yeah, it was an awesome kill. <laughs> it's a hell of a kill, man. It's gross. And the the smoke that she like breathes out when she hits the mm-hmm. ground is like... It's just chef's kiss. Like That's so gross, but I love it. I like that it was one of those kills where she wasn't quite dead. Mm. You know? She could have been thrown through a window at that point and you'd be like, oh, there's the pretty much dead chick. Good call, man. Good call. Actually, uh, this movie yeah. is kind of chock full of updated versions of our favorite kills. Maybe one of the better throat slashes we've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big fan. Uh, that doc kill, it's really interesting. I don't oh, know yeah. that I love it. Mm. Uh, well, it's gratuitous. It's so gratuitous. <laughs> like, it's a good, it's a joke, right? It's a good joke. But it does remind me of the Jenny kill. Well, I guess it's not the Jenny kill. The Jenny attack in part two where you think Jason's mm. out of the room. And she thinks mm-hmm. Jason's out of the room, but really he's on the chair. Right. Because that's like the first time you really get the, oh, he's gone. No, he's not. Oh, he's back. Oh, my God. Also, they kind of reference the same kind of deal, though, with uh, when they're hiding under the cabin. And it's it's Scott Stapp and um, New Girl, <laughs> you know, the yeah. bangs. The two of them are bangs. hiding under the thing. And she goes to scream. And like, I don't remember if he covers her mouth or she covers her mouth. But there's a lot of like... You know, Jenny stuck under the bed making a face and wincing, trying not to make noise. Very much mm-hmm. part two reference. But it was cool to have Jason underneath the cabin, stabbing upwards. That was kind of cool. Oh, that whole scene is insane with, yeah. with uh, Muscle Shelly. Poor Muscle Shelly. Muscle Shelly. <laughs> He's killing me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good scene. And he, he does. He, he executes the way they wanted to with Rob, man, way better. Oh, yeah, way more, way more desperate. And then the uh, the the stumble onto the Jason Lair again, another homage to Part Two. Yeah, and Batman but I Begins. Think, Did you Batman notice begins. that at the end? What's his name? The jerk. He drops his gun into the reference puddle. Yes. Did you notice that? Well, you know, I saw him drop a gun into a puddle. Uh, puddle. It was puddle. the. Re- it's got to be the reference puddle. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure in this movie we have reference weed because they keep using that weed patch <laughs> yeah, as you're yes. centralizing. So I think that's really where our reference. But maybe comes from maybe the side. puddle no, for the, the gun puddle. was the kiss off to the old. Exactly. Now the weed exactly. is the new. We're not using the puddle in this movie right. for reference, but that was the reference puddle. Oh, okay. Now, if the registration yeah. for the gun was floating away in the puddle, then I'd say <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, that might be the part six puddle, not the reference yeah. puddle. I mean, we've got a lot of puddles we need to cross-reference before we go making a final determination. But That's true. That's true. Did you catch that the screwdriver kill, I mean, which is essentially which like is a, awesome. an upgraded ice pick with a little bit more mm. Tom Savini circa Dawn of the Dead, uh, is followed immediately by the freezer fake out, which is very much mm. like the head in the fridge from part two. Like, this mm-hmm. movie, man, it's, it is a high-density, high-protein snack. Right? There's a lot of fan service. Oh my gosh. They a just lot I was of fan service. I was very well served by this movie, mm-hmm. guys. But speaking of heads, like they they do the same lair, stumble upon, they find the shrine, but it's it's subdued. It's like when I was watching I was going, Oh, okay, and she finds the head and is it him or her that finds the head inside the wall? I think he and reaches just, in. He reaches in because only just, only Muscle Shelley would be dumb enough to reach into the wall. <laughs> But I thought that was a cool way of doing it because, again, as a child, you hide things. Mm-hmm. You're not it, things that are important to you. You're putting in little boxes, and you're or you're putting them in a wall, or in the ceiling, or whatever. You're not displaying them with candles, and you're not doing like a whole Mary shrine of your yeah. mother. You're 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 seven year old, six year old kid. So you're gonna hide your mother's head in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and to me, I was like, that that made so much more sense. Like, he's still sleeping in the bed that has his name on it. Like, yeah. he's definitely a child. So the fact that they found the head in the wall, but it was still kind of a shrine in a way, but it was a Jason shrine, which I was fine with. It wasn't like this ridiculous layout. So yeah, I was fine with that, too. God, and then... I, they- I actually kind of... I'm I kind of a fan of the fact that they got it rid of the... You know, shrine to his mom almost completely. It was yeah, yeah. I don't think you'd keep your mom's head above your pile of bodies. I think those are two separate rooms <laughs> in the two separate rooms in the shack. <laughs> Very much a Texas Chainsaw Massacre situation going on uh, when the two, you know, uh, I guess it's Whitney, or as I was calling her, Hello Pam. Yeah, I was like Travis. I think you're gonna need to say the Hello Pam because you're the you're the funny guy. <laughs> Uh, hello, Pam. Hello. hello, nurse. Yeah, like a hello, <laughs> Pam. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, when when Whitney and Muscle Shelley are sneaking through the house and all the horrible <laughs> stuff's happening back at their camp, uh, horrible stuff being angry video game nerd looking for the weed and the other two banging mm-hmm. without you know, without the blessing of the Lord. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, even even her silhouette was hot. <laughs> like yeah. I'm just like wow, they definitely got. Some of the hottest they did people a good, to be they in did this a good movie. Job yeah, on that scene, there's not yeah. really a, un, an ugly person in this movie. If there's a Michael <laughs> Bay signature in this movie, it is that everybody in this movie, with the exception of maybe Ethel Derek. 2.0, is somewhat <laughs> hitable. Mears. Oh, well, you know there is someone <laughs> out there Derek. who's gonna email me and be like, "Ooh, <laughs> that Derek Mears Jason's hotter than Michael Myers." Yeah. And I'm gonna, That's I true. Still don't get it, guys. Yeah, even without makeup, he's yeah, he's he's all right. I mean, I'm a couple of dozen emails in at this point, and I still don't get it, guys. Why is Michael Myers attractive? I think it's you, not him. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Holy moly! Anyway, Holy mackerel. Do you think that they had to like pay James Rolfe like a stipend or something to not sue for using his likeness as the angry video game nerd guy? I mean, seriously, that guy spitting image, and then they motor in. What's your pl- price for flight? I'm, I like that part. <laughs> what? 
At the beginning when he's singing Sister Christian while he's looking for weed out in the... Ah, okay. Yeah. He's motoring. Gotcha. What's your price motoring. for flight? <laughs> but anyway, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which, by the way, George, I don't know if you know this, but these same folks had remade about five years earlier, mm. eight years okay. earlier, something, to success. I mean, uh, they that movie started the wave of remakes that this yes. one kind of kind of crests out like after this it's kind of all downhill for remakes the but jessica beale version right yeah the jessica beale texas yeah. chainsaw massacre up through Definitely this good. it's like a high point for horror remakes oh my god i didn't even know that a jessica beale texas chainsaw massacre existed yeah, yeah it's man. a remake of the original and i it's need to see that yeah. pretty sure we you talked will. about it in detail yeah. during the yeah, chainsaw episode but that's we all saying, yeah, you know, yeah, we did. We I remember talking of, about Jessica Of Beale. all the remakes, there's a few that are definitely watchable, and that's one of that's them. That's one of them. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely have to see that. Yeah. But I do remember us talking about Jessica Beale. <laughs> anyway, yes, forget it. All right, there you go. <laughs> yes, yes, there you go. <laughs> but anyway, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre elements of them sneaking through this decrepit cabin, scary things around every corner. Not really something you see in a Jason movie, but it works. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a nice, it's like a graft, right? We just bring that in to fill time for these two characters while the other three are getting the Real. long arm of the machete. Mm-hmm. And other things. Bear traps. <laughs> <laughs> and other things. So I have to say, and I know you felt the same way. You, you're thinking, okay, I saw the promotional stuff. There is a hockey mask at some point in this movie. Mm-hmm. I was not a fan. The only complaint of this movie was I was not a fan of how the mask was acquired and revealed. I thought they spent all this time on other things that were so awesome. I would have liked to see more of a backstory as to how he gets that mask. Like, just to find it was just kind of, eh. Well, let's talk about how he found his mask before. Remind me how that was. was, Well, he found it. He killed... A kid. Shelly had it, right? Yeah, Shelly was wearing the mask, and he was wearing the mask for what reason? He was pretending to be the wooded killer and kept trying to scare people. Okay, and then... He was trying to hook up with Catherine Parks. Yeah. Yeah, Jason took him out, and Jason thought, I like that mask, and he took it for himself, basically. Basically, yeah. I wanted something more, because that has already been done. I think you're underplaying the importance of that mask to part three, though, George. Because remember, it's not just a movie about Jason killing people. It's a movie about this nameless, ugly-faced woodsman reuniting with his lost love, Chris. And so what better way to surprise her to say, hey, baby, I'm back, than to hide your face with a hockey mask? (laughs) Am I misreading part three? (laughs) I might be misreading. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here going, wait. (laughs) Is this a Hallmark movie? What's he talking about? I mean, go back and think about it, though, man. I mean, think of that smile he gives her when he lifts the hockey mask. We read it as a threatening smile. But what if he's just like, hey, baby, I'm back. How you doing? Yeah, it was like a how you doing? It's a nonverbal how you doing. (laughs) I like it. And they did have that dream sequence where he met her in the woods and they hung out for a little bit. And everything was wholesome and fine. (laughs) Nothing was forced. In this cut, thank God. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know. I I wish there was more of a backstory. It would have been cool to maybe our our mannequin molesting friend maybe was 
playing hockey or something. Old paper cuts. Yeah, old paper cuts. Yeah. Uh, uh, Zaz, Victor Zaz. <laughs> so, did you guys? How about? Hold on a sec. How about if when paper cuts tears his hood off. episode two mask right. or hood off, he rips it or he destroys it, and so out of necessity, Jason is like, "I got to cover my face with something." Right. So he and, looks around the room, and it's there. Like yeah. may, maybe give like a quick backstory that paper cuts. Before he was a drunken fool molesting mannequins, was maybe a hockey star, like a childhood played hockey, and he had like. I don't want I don't want paper cuts in this movie any more than he has. Okay, to we do. don't we don't need him, but you're there, and he's a kill, yeah. and that's where he picks the mask up. So at least explain why it's in the in the. Somehow explain. I why get it's it. There. You want more story behind the mask, but I'm kind of like I get it, I get it, but. It, originally the originally the mask I get I get it but like right. originally I get you th- I get that you want more from the mask but originally there wasn't much behind the mask to begin with before like in part 3 anyway okay guys it never there never really was anything listen we're going to throw hands <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know why <laughs> he had the sack in his hand the sack he's been wearing forever it was not ripped I love when you say sack all he had to do was put that sack back on it's true. But something called him to that mask. Call it... It was shiny. Call it luck. Call, call it, it fate. karma. <laughs> call it fate. <laughs> I don't know. I just want to know why he chose it. Well, I mean, guys, I, I guess... Did you did you not know that there is actually more backstory to the hockey mask in this movie? You just... You have to watch the extra features. Okay. So it turns yeah. out that Jason's dad... Right? We don't cover Jason's dad enough in these movies was actually a professional Canadian hockey player. Do you remember this? <laughs> there, he was a defenseman. Okay. He he never got to score goals. He was like a goon, right? That explains... I mean, that's like a Jason thing, right? He's a goon yeah, he's defenseman. A goon. Headhunter. The, yeah, that, that explains everything. And I think he played for the Windsor Canucks, if I remember right. And his whole life story is really interesting. He's a defenseman his whole time. He's a goon. He's got head trauma. He's got all kinds of issues. Explains mm-hmm. a lot about the family life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But then in his last game, in his last game, he actually throws his body into harm's way. And, and it's debatable whether he actually walks away at the end uh, from the telling of the story I know. Does he die on the ice having scored his one goal and knowing he scored? Or is he just knocked out and he knows that's the end of his career? It's hard to say, right? There's mm. some interpretation. For more reference, actually, you guys ought to check this out. Uh, it's just a it's a song called Hit Somebody by Warren Zevon. Hell of a tune. Jason's dad. I just got along with it. That was amazing <laughs> and completely full of shit. <laughs> it's actually a real song about a hockey player. It's not Jason's dad, though. But I mean, maybe. I mean, I don't know much about Elias Voorhees. Maybe he is just a. Actually, just <laughs> What'd a. What'd you call him? Elias? Elias. Elias That's what they list his name as in a couple of the movies. Oh, cool. Yeah. That was great. Thank you for coming with me on that That monologue about Warren Zevon. Bullshit. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You had me at hello. That's actually uh, David Letterman (laughs) is on the recording of that song. You know, he's a huge (laughs) Zevon guy. I mean, you guys know by now I got to talk about Zevon every week. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Warren Zevon wouldn't be famous without the help he got from the David Letterman show. And so when he recorded that song about the hockey player, 
he had David Letterman record a line of dialogue and throw it in for the chorus. That story would have been much better if you told it in like Cliff Clavin's voice. Well, that's what you're here for, Travis. I don't I do know, impressions. That would have been awesome. Yeah, it turns out that uh, Jason's dad was uh, a hockey player. <laughs> and what what happened? He had trauma. Lots of head trauma. He's a goon. Lots of, Lots head, of head trauma. Head trauma. <laughs> yeah, I don't do a Ratzenberger voice, but yeah, Cliff Clavin, good shit. Yeah, next time you guys are at the record store and looking to buy a CD or maybe even a vinyl. Nice. Uh, check out My Rides Here by Warren Zevon, one of the later. Don't check it out first. Like, Make sure you get the first like four or five first. Uh, get Life Will Kill You, The Wind. But once you've got a feel for what Warren really was, then you get My Rides Here, which is a little bit more out there, but some real good stuff. I mean, McGillicuddy's Reeks, guys. I mean, come on. I'll have to plug that into one of those listening booths. The old vinyl. Oh, my God, the listening booths best way to sell a cd to an old person make them stand in a barnes and noble and listen to it on a headphone nostalgia <laughs> mm, nostalgia <laughs> the last time i can think of anyone referencing a listening uh station oh my god guys it was the year 2000 i was a freshman in high school right mr you teaching history Heard of Five for Fighting. I was like, man, it's a pretty sweet CD. Every song's pretty good. And he bought it. And then he came into class the next day and told us all how he'd bought Five for Fighting on CD because of the listening booth at the Barnes & Noble. <laughs> See, I remember it from Empire Records. Like They were selling CDs there, and they were still they still had the li- listening booths with the, uh, the unsanitary headphones. Oh, yeah, the COVID headphones? No, thank yeah, you. COVID headphones. COVID headphones. To be fair, if you catch COVID from the headphones, I think you're wearing yeah. them wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, wearing them right. I don't want to judge. Uh, so, speaking of camera work. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about camera work. Watch out, man. I think the battery's dying on your Segway. It just crashed. <laughs> we were just talking about thin walls. Yeah, I know. Thin walls. Those Pasadena <laughs> thin walls. Pasadena walls. <laughs> Pasadena listening booths. <laughs> if you're listening, we're all listening. If it's a Pasadena listening booth, <laughs> there's the paper thin. Oh man, <laughs> got to figure out how to work in lobby cards. <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> I wonder if Jason had any maps in that bag he was carrying. Probably. Oh, you know he's all about orienteering. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that there was a map on the uh, on the bag of the missing person picture. Mm. Like, pull a map out. Make us all happy. Well, if you play the game, every level kind of has like a station. You know how like when you're at a park and you go and it's, there's a map yeah. and it says you're here? Yeah. Like, if you find that on the, on the map that you're playing on, mm-hmm. then you don't... You have like a radar of where everyone else is, but if you run into that, you can pick up a map, and then you have a map. You have a map. It's awesome. Can you sing? You, sure. <laughs> awesome. It's a free country. Even in the and game, you, it's a free country. You can sing. And if you have a walkie-talkie, if you have a walkie-talkie in the game, everyone can hear you singing. Okay, but no, then everyone Jason, who has a walkie-talkie, but can then hear you Jason singing. can hear you singing as well. 
so that's not good. No, I don't think he can. Only if he's near you. Okay. He always gets stuck with the like the proximity hearing, which is hilarious when you play with dumb people. I mean, yeah, dumb people who run around talking the whole time, and then right. you'll invariably hear them say, "Why does he always find me first? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've I've got an idea. <laughs> That's uh, funny. So speaking of camera work. <laughs> There's just no segue to it. Uh, uh, this movie was full of it. Just full of amazing camera work. Like every every scene was just like... I mean, speaking of OnlyFans, <laughs> let's talk about not her camera work, but instead Daniel Pearl's camera work. I just, I'd love the... Um, when, they, when he kills the cop outside the door mm-hmm. and he drives the poker through the back of his head or the front of his head. Yeah, front of his head through the eye. But the way he does it, like right when he drives it through, it's like a half wall, so the camera goes inside the house. Mm-hmm. So you see that whole thing happen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I've never seen that done before. I was pretty. I'm sure it's probably in a giallo somewhere, but it's good. I mean, it's got it a good. little bit of Argento in it. Okay, but have you guys ever seen opera? I'm kidding. You haven't seen opera. You should see opera sometime. It's got the best through the door kill, maybe ever. Okay, but not like it's not like this. But it's kind of like camera this. follow. I just love that camera follow, and I've never seen that in like any, not even The Shining, like something that would have benefited from that a movie like that. I've never seen that used before. Do you know, so a movie know has where... that kind of move like right up front. Bad Boys Two. So. <laughs> It's a Michael Bay thing. It's it. I mean, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, it makes sense. Kind of a true, you know. Besides having everybody super hot in this movie, except for Ethel 2.0. Sorry, Ethel. Mm. Uh, other than her, everybody in this movie smoking hot. Well, okay, and convenience store guy, the uh, <laughs> I don't make the rules guy. He, well, he was not hot. Sorry. Since since you bring that up, was there any? Because I know he was huge on the the rotating dolly shot. Like almost every movie, <laughs> the rotating he, Dali shot, Dali, yeah, like <laughs> Dali shot, the, the Salvador Dali, like, Dali on a rotating platter, <laughs> no, not Dali, Dali. <laughs> <laughs> you know where they the camera goes around Will Smith and, and it has and, a funny mustache. Yeah, did they do that in this movie? Because that would have been awesome to show Jason with that three sixty. No, that would have been amazing, but no, they that would have been. Keep in they mind, it's not that. a Michael Bay. Mm- Directed effort, it's a production, yeah. so it's got touches. Opportunity, but the Marcus and the Spell thing, he he's not about the dolly spin. Okay, it's good. It's a missed opportunity. But they got to do that in one of those movies. I'm surprised we haven't had a full-on action out. movie Jason movie yet. <laughs> you know, like with a big car chase and explosions and like lettuce flying, like in the eighty. Like <laughs> yeah. at some point, you thought they would have gotten to that point. They never did. It's a shame. <sighs> missed opportunity, like you were saying. How I mean, about they? There was they a, do a mix of of like the uh, what's the the uh, Vin Diesel car movies? Oh, the the Fast and the Furious. Fast and the Furious, yeah, Friday Thirteenth, <laughs> Fast and the Furious. That's a good mix. I mean, you almost had something like that, I guess, with the uh, high velocity boat stuff. I mean, that was shot kind of like a That's Michael true, Bay yeah. action movie when you got Eric uh, CrossFit Eric Idol driving. Um, <laughs> That Hansel-looking motherfucker. With the you, the shirt that said, <laughs> F Christmas. And I was like, oh, it's yeah. Melania driving the boat. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that reference is going to age well, but that is timely for right now. 
<laughs> with Lindsey Vaughn, aquatic Lindsey Vaughn on the back, like splash. Like I do, I love the. I don't care for the. I mean, it's gratuity for gratuity's sake, which you know, whatever. Uh, not my thing. Top, topless water skiing. Twelve-year-old me would have been like woo, but gr- now I'm just like Ew, gratuity. <laughs> Tip your waitress. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, different kind of gratuity, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Eighteen percent of those boobs. That is one. That is one of those. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a very uh, gracious tip yeah. you're given. There. That's the first time Travis has ever heard that. But well, it was it was a well placed tip. Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, tip placement. <laughs> Perfect tip placement. Right in the taint. <laughs> Who would have thought we'd have a taint callback on this show? Wow. Uh, anyway, that I is. I think a, if we had only seen eighteen percent, it would have been. Less gratuitous. She might have made or it to the end of the movie. Maybe. Or near it. Like uh, it, that, that, new that scene does show one thing, that Jason's pretty damn accurate. <laughs> well, and that's yeah. the thing. I mean, that scene starts target. off like garbage, and for him to hit that shot with the arrow is a little ridiculous, but kind of amazing, mm-hmm. right? Like, who, who knows how many times he missed and we just didn't notice, but he nails that guy real good. <laughs> I mean, like you're not going to hear like a, the crack of the... <laughs> the bullet right i mean he could have put two or no. three that once in a while. <laughs> it's although a, there are, it's there are guys boat. that are that good with a, a recurve bow mm. i just like, do i worry about with his, the one eye situation or the offset eye like does that add to his depth perception thus his accuracy or would it actually make it harder we might be getting too technical i'll call enough he doesn't have to close an eye to shoot find out well, you shouldn't close an eye to be shooting, Travis. I mean, there's your problem. <laughs> well, some own, people, huh? when they aim, they look in the scope. Yeah. We don't know if they're, like, you know. Yeah, I don't know. There's no scope know. on a uh, bow. At least we that don't kind know of, that. Not we on didn't, that Did we see bow. the bow? Yeah. Did he have a scope on it? It showed the bow. It's it's like a straight up like composite bow. Okay. Like, All right, you're going to have to Photoshop the bow with a scope <laughs> with on it. <laughs> He's got like a red dot sight on his. Yeah. Yeah, two Follow different ones. Like a, a red, yeah. a, la- a laser. Yabang. He's got a yabang, yabang. scope <laughs> right on the thing. But no, that scene, <laughs> that scene saves itself from the silly gratuity and the oh my god, we're in the water and we all look so hot and we're driving and we're so hot because of the part where she thinks that he's still driving the boat and she's just like, hey, slow down, hey, I'm right, hey, <laughs> yeah. boom, right? Yep. Like that. That's a hell of a scene. Then it goes back to gratuityville, but I'll take. A she doesn't realize he's not driving the boat head smash. That's pretty good. Mm, yeah. Now I don't usually like to do trivia that we could all just look up on our own, but I know George doesn't know this. Did you know there was another way that they scripted that scene originally, George? Of course you didn't. Of course not. Can I tell you how they did it? Sure, please. So she gets bashed in the head. She's okay. all like, you know, concussed. Uh-huh. She's treading water and she sees him on the beach. Or mm-hmm. like on the which is, on which the shore, is an amazing shot with the way. machete. Mm-hmm. Okay, now imagine if that's like the end for her, right? She sees him, she can't get away, and she treads water till she gets fatigued and drowns. Mm. Yeah, I like that better. I do too, but they didn't use it. I don't know if they. I don't even remember if they shot it or if it was just scripted that way. But they needed to get a, that. Sil- I mean, the the boob gag is it's a gag, right? It makes people laugh. Mm. And there are boobs. So is Michael Bay going to pass on that opportunity? I mean, obviously not, but... I would have traded up the boob shot for that 
Yeah, I so I would have because to because that just should, would would Jason be standing there watching her drown? Yeah, that's the whole thing. He yeah. stays there and that just watches been, her drown. That would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah, big fan. I mean, if he had a second arrow, he could have just. But I guess that's and okay. So here's the thing: is that a Jason kill though? Like he's not really one for drawn out like torture. This is a different Jason. You know, if he drew another arrow and like shot her in the face, okay, yeah. But he might need that arrow. He's tactical now. But I just don't. I don't know that. Mm. I don't know if it fits the characterization of Jason to watch somebody drown for like an extended amount of time. Because if you notice, there's a cut from like day to night after that kill. Because mm. it was going to be like a long progression of him, like as the sun sets, she dries, she dies. Which is cool, but is that Jason? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe this is a better kill in the end. Would have been mm. cooler is if he if it because it is a different Jason. That would have been sweet to almost watch him relax and watch her die, and like not stand there like Jason stoic, like actually relax and watch her die. I don't know that if that's have, Jason though, man. I know, but it would have been cool to give him a little bit of depth. I don't like, know if that's. I, I like the fact that he's that he could be that almost into the into the each kill to where it's almost like he kind of revels in it a little bit. Yeah, but that doesn't really fit with him carrying the bodies and stacking them in his storage shelter. Like he looks irritated the entire time he's doing that, mm. which is kind of the way you want it, right? Like yeah. this guy's not malicious. He just wants you to get off his property and stay away from his bat cave. <laughs> and so of course he's like, oh, these stupid kids are here again. Let me pile up their dead bodies in my cellar. Like I did last time. Gotta go pick up the canoes again. Like, (laughs) Good thing this one looks like my mom. (laughs) Jeez Louise. (laughs) Now, speaking of psycho references and, you know, oddly placed mother love, George, do you notice when you're watching this movie that this is doing a different thing than the original Jason movies in terms of, like, compression of storyline and body count to, like, a new tier? Do you know what I'm talking about, man? Not So think back to Psycho, right? Yeah the initiator of this kind of, you know, the progenitor of your slasher movies. You get, mm-hmm. what, like four kills in the movie? Yeah. And a lot of like characterization. Mm-hmm. Then you move forward 10 years, and you got Bay of Blood, and you got a lot more kills, but you still got a lot of characterization and plot and flashbacks and transporting and different settings and all this. Just like, have you watched that movie yet all the way through? No. It's a chore. It's good. It's worth it. But it could be better. Who made okay. it better? Cunningham, Carpenter, Craven, mm-hmm. right? Like the 80s and the late 70s, Halloween, Friday, Nightmare. They've taken what Bay of Blood did with Psycho and amped it up again. And now it's a an American consumer product. Eight mm-hmm. kids, all dead, Survivor Girl credits. Right. And this movie manages to take essentially two and a half of those and cram them into almost the exact same time frame. Like, Michael Bay is doing the work that Cunningham and Carpenter did 20 years, 30 years earlier, all over again, man. He's changing it up, amping it up, making it more consumer-driven. If by consumer, I mean, you know, Jason consuming bodies with machetes. (laughs) So what you're saying is there's more kills in this movie? There's like two movies worth of kills, dude. I believe the body count is 14, including Mrs. Voorhees. 14 people, because they, they purposely had 13 victims in this movie. Oh. And then Mrs. Voorhees was number 14. 
Which is kind of what yeah, they I, promised with the first Friday the 13th, but they never got to 13 until later in the series. If you've ever yeah, seen I, the trailer I for the first Friday. I didn't even notice that. Like, I didn't, I didn't notice that there was lots more kills. I guess because... I guess because I thought that the first batch of campers, they all went out really quick. High efficiency killing, man. Yeah, it was it was high efficiency, and that was kind of just setting up the rest of the movie. And then the second, you know, batch of kids, they really weren't campers. They were more like the episode uh, whatever kids that were just like on vacation in a house you know, going out to the van to have sex or whatever, that, they were more like those kids. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much, yeah. Uh, instead of camp counselors in part two, you get campers. And then instead of the kids who show up at the vacation homes in three and four, you get the kids who show up at the hunting lodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But by compressing all the kills from two into the first 20 minutes or whatever, and then by compressing the entire movie of three into the rest of the movie, you still leave time in the middle for the character development that you need to have the nice comments up front that we made about the acting and the character Mm -hmm. development. Right. But still managing to get as many kills as they did. Well, they also kind of take advantage of the viewer by showing Whitney's group. And it's, it's like, okay, this is the group. This is going to be the group that gets picked off. Right. And you kind of watch them get developed slightly but you still think this is going to be the whole movie group and it's not yeah and in like, 10 minutes you're like in 10 minutes they're okay. all gone yeah and then you get a new group so that was a very well done because that whole first group was i was already thinking that they were going to be the whole movie group they're kind of like the hitchhiker yeah yeah but i mean you even think whitney gets killed so mm-hmm. you're like sitting there going oh my god eight minutes and they've just bumped off what five people four people mm-hmm and then you get the new group, and then you're like, oh, okay. So then, yeah, before you know it, you're at almost 20 people at the end of this movie. And 14 people, that's not bad. It's a good it's a good count. It's a good count for a movie that also manages to somehow develop enough characters that you either care about the fact that someone is surviving, or you're happy to see Trent get killed in the most embarrassing ways possible. Yeah. <laughs> like, you don't get that <laughs> kind of attachment. Who dies on a tow truck? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, it's not a tow truck. It's like a hay baler. <laughs> yeah. We see those. Uh, that's the other... That's the other non-attractive uh, person in this movie. Who's that? The driver of the truck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't hit that. That's for sure. <laughs> that was the only other non-attractive. So there's there's three character. non-attractive people in this movie. Well, four. I'm not counting paper cuts. He's gross. Yeah. <laughs> there's a reason he's alone with his magazine and his mannequin. That Mannequins. scene with the mannequin makes me want to break the disc in half. <laughs> <laughs> And it's not just the crappy, lazy writing, but his performances. Ugh. I mean, I guess yeah. we got a paper cut from your tongue. It's hard to talk <laughs> real good. He is kind of vile. I do love the new Ethel, though. I mean, they don't call her that, but you know who that is. That old lady who's like, mm-hmm. people to, they come from the outside and they get killed and we love it when they get killed. Yeah. It's like, damn, that lady likes people getting killed. I'm going to stay away from they're her. They're missing. You ain't finding them. Like, she already knew. She knew everything. I know what they're doing out there, Sheriff. God, how far <laughs> we've come from part five, you mm. know? Mm. It is funny that they hit so many different locations from three. I mean, you've got the hunting lodge, obviously, but right. to hit the convenience store, 
it's just it's so good. The man. barn. Oh, they and the, the barn. barn. Oh, the barn. And that wood chipper right. from Five, like yeah. finally getting involved. Like, hello, Pam. And then the ending of for was it six? I guess you know the water burial of Jason. Like they do, they hit all all points. Well, and when they're going to gas up the boat that they're not supposed to be driving, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. What do you think? Uh, one of the gas cans is the old style part three from the barn gas can. Right. That was a cool little thing. That made me happy. Fan service. I mean, really, this movie was made just service. for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was I wasn't expecting to like it. While we were talking about the uh, awesome production values and camera work. I did have one issue, guys. Did you catch the continuity issue with the uh, shoot the boot? No. He's holding it by the toe, offering it around. You know, here Mm -hmm. you go to drink out of this shoe. And then it cuts right to him drinking out of the shoe, and the shoe is flipped around. Like what? Dudes. We're looking at the shoe. Who gets fired for that? Shoot the boot, man. Shoot the boot. (laughs) Anyway. Can we talk about the end? Yeah, yeah we should the talk very, about very the end. end. Like, how very end are we talking? Like, the very, very like end. Like the middle of the credits when the song <laughs> switches to the B song. No, the part where I eject right. the disc and I hold it up over my head and go, "Thank you, Marcus Nispel." <laughs> right before that, what the the jump scare? Yeah. Okay. I guess you have to have the jump scare at the end. Because it's a Jason movie. Yeah. However, if I were the director. And you weren't. I would leave it out. What? I would leave Jason dead. He is dead. It's a dream, man. Well, I mean, I would just I'd just get rid of it. I mean, you've seen part three. You know what's up. That was one wormy lady jumping out. Before we talk about too in-depth whether or not that ending is a dream or not. Can I just run down my list of all the references they did in the final sequence? Yes. Sure. Holy moly, guys. You get the wood chipper and the barn from part five. You get the distract Jason with his mom identity from part two. Mm -hmm. You get the chain and like the horrible scraping against his head from part six. You get hanging from part three. Mm-hmm. You get the Jason goes to hell stab in the chest. You get the part six and part seven water burial. You even get the awesome image from Jason X, one of the few, with the mask at the bottom of the at lake. At the bottom of the lake. Yeah. And at that point, you get what I think might have been the first, although maybe I just don't even hear him anymore because the movie. That you get the. Ch- 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 yeah, because that wasn't in there at all. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the movie, you see that mask at the bottom, yeah. and you get it. Mm-hmm. And then you get a jump scare that equally combines parts two and three. Yep. Holy mackerel, guys. And and part seven, too. And a little bit uh, of seven because of the doc thing. The Yeah, the doc and the dad. I mean, dudes. Yeah. Dudes, that is... And that's like a three-minute sequence. Fan... Service. <laughs> Fantastic. So you think that was a dream at the end there? Because I, I kind of agree with George where it was, it seemed forced, but I understand why they did it. But I, I think they should have ended that with the jump scare that they did, but then have her wake up or something. That way you're 
there's still closure, but you're still paying homage to the old endings. I think my favorite ending out of any of the all of the movies was three. Three, yeah, because he's laying in the barn and he's dead. Yep. Yeah. And if this movie ended that way, it would be perfect, perfect movie. I agree. I don't know. I think my favorite ending is probably... Is Scooby-Doo ending? It might be seven. <laughs> seven gives me the right amount of resolution while still leaving it open for an eventual sequel. But it involves the undead Jason, which George does not like. But, I mean, you go to when part two... Pops open. I don't have to like it, but... Yeah. I mean, you go to part two, where's Paul? I don't know. You go to part one, Jason, it's a dream, isn't it? Probably, maybe. Was it a dream? <laughs> like, there's no resolution. I like having a little bit more resolution. And I think I think what this movie could have used would be the after-jump-scare closure that we normally get. Mm-hmm. You know, a Where's Paul would be more closure than what this movie gave us. So that might be, if anything, that might be the one misstep that they didn't really follow the playbook of any of the others. Because if they end in a jump scare, you usually get a post-jump scare scene. And this one, it feels like the jump scare is just for the audience, not actually for mm-hmm. the characters in the movie. Right. Hmm. Makes sense. One other complaint I have, and I have very few. I, I mean, we're raw recording time an hour and a half into this thing. And I have had no complaints that I can think of offhand, except for paper cuts. Ugh. Mm. Anyway, aside <laughs> from paper cuts, my main complaint with this movie, and maybe you can see it better in this killer cut than the theatrical. If you're going to give me a wood chipper, I want a mother. Jason I want it. a motherfucker somebody going through that it. wood chipper. I don't care who yeah. it is. I don't care if it's him, if it's her, if it's Scott Stapp, you know. Yep. His own prison could be the other side of a wood chipper. I'm fine with it. Somebody's got to go through the wood chipper. Yeah, yeah. I agree. But I kind of get the impression from the the extended cut that like the back of the head might be in there a little bit, but then when he's on the uh on the dock, his head looks pretty intact. Yeah. Yeah, watching that hockey mask go through the wood chipper would have been closure. And it would have been perfect. Even if she even if instead of stabbing him like go to hell, stabbing him in the abdomen, decapitating him. Right. And just his head goes through. That would have been good. Just the top of his head, like a part four kind of thing? No, like decapitating him. No, but like how cool would that be? Just like skull cap him. Like half the head goes through. Yeah. The rest of the head's still on the body. That'd be gross. See, I think the problem is even though they made a perfect movie, they still, the suits get in the way and say, you got to leave it open. Right. So even if the director wanted to kill him, I'm sure somebody said, yeah, we can't do that. I think, I really think that the way to have ended this would have been the part three ending. Hatch Just it, show him dead. Hatchet in, in the side of the head, top side of the head. Um, so that you get the nice big gash in the mask, which is the way Jason Iconic, looks. Right? Yep, and and also, like I said, it, 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 this this Jason is not an immortal Jason. This right. is not a resurrecting Jason. This is this is Jason before we had all that shenanigans. Right. So he's he's killable. Kill him. I think I think what Dan's saying, like put the head through the chipper. To the point where the head goes completely in, the arms are still going, then they just flop. Oh, man, if he did the part three, isn't it part three where he does the reach out after he gets hit in the head? 
only his head's in a wood chipper and his arms are down, and then they reach yeah. for... Uh, yeah, just one last ditched effort. Yeah, for Hello, Pam. Mm. Just, Hello, Pam. Yeah. Hello, Pam. <laughs> Hello, Pam. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So arms, oh my, oh my head's in a wood chipper. Oh my head, oh, reach out. Yep, reach out. Awesome. They should hire us for this movie, man. <laughs> okay, one other complaint I just thought of. So I don't like uh, paper cuts. Cut him out of the movie. Paper cuts him out of the movie. That's what I say. Peace. Uh, I don't like the ending because I want more resolution. And then there's one last complaint. George... I have terrible news. They never did a sequel to this. Mm-mm. Like, it's been 11 years, and it's still tied up in the courts as to whether we're going to get a Jason movie again. Like, this movie was perfect. Derek Mears was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Give me more Derek Mears. Yes. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> I I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like this is, this is it. This is perfect. Just leave it. I really thought that, that, you know, after, you know, I don't know. I don't know where exactly I draw the line. Three, four or so. The rest of the the rest of the series up to X or whatever just got, like, like I said, it was just shenanigans. Mm-hmm. It was just them writing different things to see how can we keep just Jason keep it alive, going. Keep yeah. the rights going. Yeah, yeah, it was just, it was shenanigans. I think this was, this was the, J, the, what I liked best about Jason in the form that I liked best, which was one and two and three mortal Jason killable, you know, still impressive and tactical even, which was new, but yeah, this is everything that I like. Like this is the best of Jason. What if they had just ended it with a, an inclink, like an inconclusive and retreating tactical Jason and like a Texas Chainsaw style, you know, drive up escape for the two brother sister, and leave Jason standing. Because I kind of want, I want my more. Jason movie to give me more. Like, if you give me one good Jason movie, I expect more Jason movies because you've right. shown me you can do it. Let's keep pumping that well until you know. <sighs> to leave Jason alive is also acceptable if they escape. I think since they were doing so many homages at the end. I really would have been all for a Leatherface homage where basically they're, they they escape by the skin of their teeth. Yeah, that would be awesome. Now, he, he doesn't have to be sitting there waving a chainsaw, but that dance is so iconic at the sunrise mm-hmm. that I mean, guys, they could have done something like come that. Come with me on this journey, okay? It's, it's an external shot. It's almost sunrise. You're starting to see the, the faint hint of sun on the horizon. Scott Stapp, bleeding but still alive, and Hello Pam are running desperately on their last bits of desperate effort away from this Jason, right? And he's still got the upper hand. It's still on his court. They manage to hop on to the back of a passing car without the car knowing it, and you get, like, just the beginning of the Chris freakout from Part 3, Right? which is itself similar to the freakout at the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? You d- mm-hmm. you don't get the yeah. whole thing because you don't want to see it. But you see, like, her face start to contort into, like, a celebratory uh, freakout, right? She's alive. She knows it. Relief is coming, but they cut so you don't have to look at it. 
and they cut to Jason. Now from behind, he sees the truck or the car driving away. You see the sun starting to come up in front of his face, so he's between you and the sun, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then the music gets really tense and dramatic, and it's got that weird 2009 like thing that the music had in this yeah. movie, which I don't love. That's going to date it a little more than anything else in this movie, I think. That and the handy cam, that's really going to date it. But anyway, yeah. mm. she's kind of a reference to part eight, right? The guy with the handy cam. Now she's got a handy cam, but, mm-hmm. but that guy in part eight doesn't fuck. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so back to my dramatic scene. Yeah. Everything is getting really tense. And right before you go to credits, Jason busts into the Crispin Glover dance. <laughs> that's how you win that fucking movie. I can win that better. I like all that until since they've established that he's tactical and he almost thinks four or five steps ahead. You think they escape. They get in that car. They drive away from Jason and there's something in the road that stops them from going. Oh, like the the tree log from part two just like falls in front of them? Tree log, something, something triggered, something that shows that he created a trap. Yeah. And it stops that car from going. And then as they're trying to get the car around, whatever the obstacle is, you can see Jason running towards the car, gaining on them, getting closer and closer and closer. And right when he, just like they did with the Whitney character, just when he gets to that car to just m- basically mutilate all of them, you go to credits. I think in the words of the immortal uh, Trent from this movie, I think after hearing that, I've got about eight seconds. no really that's a hell of an ending like yeah i I mean imagine that leaves it open i mean he's already done trip wires for the uh for the bells he's done the bear trap so is it too much of a stretch to think he's got a claymore set up and they drive across and you hear the bam of the claymore and then that tree falls in yeah or even like parking parking garage spikes or something yeah tiger teeth yeah 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 just, just something that that gives them a flat, something that, yeah. I mean, guys, triggered something. Have you ever seen the episode of X Files, uh, Darkness Falls? Are you familiar with that episode? No. Season one. It's like episode five. It's pretty early on, and they go to Oregon because there's uh, a dispute between. This is a real story from the show, so it's a fake story from the show that's real. In this, it's on Hulu. Check it out. A dispute between <laughs> the Forest Service, a logging company, and eco terrorists. Okay. So the FBI sends Mulder and Scully to investigate why a hundred years after a disappearance, another crew has disappeared entirely. And the Forest Service sends a guy and the logging company sends a guy because the logging company thinks it's the terrorists. The Forest Service agrees with the ideals of the terrorist organization, but not their methods. So they all go out together into the woods and stuff goes sideways, guys. It's real good. Anyway, there's a lot of uh, caltrops that the terrorist guys used to blow up the tires of the logging crew. So it would Mm. not be a far stretch for a prepper Jason to just have some of those available, you know, just Mm -hmm. some pokey things to throw in the road. Yeah. Hmm. I like that. That's a way better ending than they did in this movie. Damn it. Now we have a better ending. (sighs) Give me another (laughs) Jason. There's lots of ways. There's lots of ways. You could still have your Crispin Glover dance at the end. I love the idea of Jason doing the Crispin (laughs) Glover dance, like in the maybe during the credits as like a gag reel. 
Just give me a little bit of Jason doing the Crispin. I, I think Derek will be for that. He's he's a bit of a goofball. That would be amazing. I'm going to yeah. add him at the end of this episode and ask him for that. Can I just tell you how awesome he is? Like I remember when he first got cast. I don't know what he was doing at the Monster Mania. I don't know if it was he was in The Hills Have Eyes or something. He was in a remake before this came out. And he was so down to earth and just like talking to everybody and it was it was just coming out that he was playing Jason and to hear him talk about playing it made us all excited because he was us like he he was a fan mm. and he he didn't he had all the time in the world to talk to everybody and he's just explain he's just talking to just shooting the shit and he's just saying how uh how much of a fan he is of this character and, and this and that. And it just made me excited to know that somebody like me is going to get to play this part. And it came out like when I saw him again, after the movie came out, it was the first thing I said to him. I was like, it, it totally came through. Like you, you're wearing a mask, the whole movie, whole movie, but your love of the character completely came through. And he's, he was so like gracious and like happy that anybody even gave a shit. Yeah. That, like, and if you ever see him in an interview or you, you hear him talk about playing Swamp Thing now and all that stuff, like, he's such a geek. You know, he's like a six foot, you know, five, six foot six. Yeah. But he's the nicest guy, and he's just such a, he, he's so into playing these characters, and I was just like, wow. I wish he was playing five more Jasons. Yeah. And the fact that they basically killed him off and then the courts killed him off, you're never going to get that. I mean, because I mean, it's been the, ten what ten years. The guy was born in seventy two. Like he's still. I mean, some of those Jasons were old. You know, Ted yeah. Ted White was no spring chicken, and he's one of the better Jasons. So you might still get a little it's Derek true. Mears in there. Yeah, they need to make as many. He he's like, <laughs> I said the one time. I was like, you're you're the Robert Downey Jr. of Jasons. Like, we want to see like thirty movies of you playing Jason. <laughs> well, yeah. That would be amazing. The Jason and he's verse. like, yeah, I want to do it 30 times. Like, he was very excited about yeah. it. Yeah. So, hopefully it happens. But in the end, he's he's an amazing Swamp Thing as well. So, And he's a good actor, too. So, you know, he has lines and stuff. So, he's not just a stuntman in a mask, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, I could gush over him forever. Great guy. Great guy. You know, Travis, it sounds to me like Derek Mears might be your favorite part of this movie. Uh, yeah. Can I tell you who my MVP of this movie is? George knows. You want to take a guess, George? Who's the, who's my MVP of this movie? OnlyFans? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. She doesn't have the perfect uh, pupil placement <laughs> of uh, Faye Ray, but... That's true. That's a callback to a joke that wasn't on this show. <laughs> <laughs> but... But we all got it. It was a good one for Travis. No, um, MVP of this movie, guys. And I mean this all my heart. It was when I noticed it today. I hadn't noticed it before. But when I noticed it today, guys, I had to pause the movie, write down my note about it. And then I just sat there for a second, like basking in the glory of the fan service that this movie provided me. And not you guys and not anybody else out there probably. But Dan, remedial Dan. Heart was Grinch levels of twofold. Like I was breaking <laughs> the frame, guys. 
I didn't know I needed it. <laughs> Friday the 13th, 2009, brings you the return of the judgy buck from part two. He's there and he's judgy as ever. Mm. That judgy bastard buck. Yeah, he is. I'm thinking about making him my profile picture. <laughs> he's got the perfect expression, just like, mm-hmm. 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 Judgy buck. Judgy yeah. buck, man. He was there in part two saying, why are you leering at that girl? And in this mm. one, he's like, why are you leering at that girl? He's got kind of a thing. I'll give him that. He's a one-note performance, but I was so happy to see Judgy Buck back. <laughs> I don't know if he's better than Derek Mears, but we'll take it. <laughs> I mean, he's a, Derek Mears is a better actor. I don't know. I don't know if he's better than OnlyFans, but <laughs> whatever. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, Judgy Buck. I Good don't stuff. know. I don't know, George, that there's anything else we could possibly talk about that we haven't already talked about during your fall break. And now, I think we might have actually closed the book on Friday the 13th for a minute. What do you think? Nah. Kind of. For now. Is well, this, we could always watch them again. Yeah, is, <laughs> yeah. is this the definitive look at Friday the 13th ever recorded by humankind? I think so. I don't know. Yeah. Probably not. Actually, if you guys haven't read the Crystal Lake Memories book, holy moly, like, there's a lot of insight into everything in that book. You need to read it. It's worth it. I'd like to see maybe a Zack Snyder type release of this movie with maybe some reshoots of the first uh, of Pam and Alice, maybe like added footage. I'd like to see a little bit of interaction and an alternate ending. Four, and, four and different the alternate endings. Four alternate endings, <laughs> including the Scooby Doo ending. All of them. I'm telling you, man, I think that, yeah, I don't know if we hit this hard enough earlier, but calling this movie Friday the 13th is kind of ballsy because of the original Friday the 13th and it, you know, the difference between this one and that one. But this one so well encompasses the series mm-hmm. Friday the 13th that I think if you did any more than just make it like, you know, a pre-intro for part one. I think you're doing it a disservice because part one is so much different than the rest of the series, right? Mm -hmm. And this encompasses the series, not the first movie. Now, if you remade the first movie, I mean, good luck, you know? Mm. You'd have to rob zombie it or something. Well, I remember you telling a story that actually would be pretty interesting. Shh, I cut that out. All that stuff, yeah. We did cut that out. (laughs) I cut that out. I was like, motherfucker's going to steal my story. That would be good. You mean you don't want to see more rifle dick in the beginning of this one, Dan? Did you like the picture of the rifle dick I sent you guys? Yeah, that was great. It's a good, Fantastic. That was one of my better screen grabs. I was I'm thinking about making that. it my profile pic. I thought about putting it on our group just to be like, hey guys, rifle dick, but I didn't want to offend our, you know. Well, I laughed out loud today because I heard uh, the reverse luge. <laughs> and it made me laugh because oh I was like... How hilarious was that? That oh, should be on the t-shirt. t-shirt. I'm waiting on the shirt, man. Reverse luge team. Reverse Crystal luge Lake team. reverse luge. 1982 <laughs> or whatever. 81. Yeah. <clears throat> Captain Mark, you know. Or he, you got to put him in charge of training. Like, you know. You're, you're I'm captain. training. Yeah, your right. captain is Jason. But your, <laughs> uh, training. your training guy is. What the hell was he training for, guys? And where is where is Paul? He was training for the reverse oh, luge. Where's Shit. Paul? Where's Paul? I don't know, Jenny. I'm sorry. 
How many Shih Tzus are in the woods? <laughs> we watched part two with my friends the other night. Uh, one of the guys uh, hadn't seen it. I might have already talked about this on a previous episode. I don't care. You guys got to hear this part because I haven't talked about it yet. We get to the part where Jenny's <laughs> under the bed and the mm. rat. And my first time viewer buddy goes, man, that rat had a lot of pee. Oh. And me and the other guy were like, uh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> really? Like, I guess some people, I always thought, when you would see that online, that people would say, oh, it's a debate between whether it's Jenny or whether it's the rat. I thought they were just like covering for the fact that that's a pretty gross scene that probably shouldn't have been in the movie. Mm. But I guess like some people legitimately think that the rat peed. Isn't that weird? That, I think that's that weird. That is weird. That's weird. That's weird. But I mean, so you weird. know, different strokes for different folks. Hmm. This weekend, uh, full disclosure audience, tomorrow is Friday the 13th for real. Yes. I'm going to be watching Friday the 13th Part 3, which you know I'm excited about if you've heard our episode <laughs> on that one, uh, with first-time watcher guy so that he can finally see Part 4 eventually. He's got to see 3 mm. first, I guess. Yep. Ugh. It sucks, but... Wait, are you, you cheating gotta... on us with some other viewer? You guys are welcome to join. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's um, all right. George, Georgia. Yeah, tomorrow night you got to watch them all again. It's tradition. It is Friday. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, George. I might watch this one again. Tomorrow yeah, is Friday the 13th. Shit. Uh, you gotta watch one. That's a rule. I mean, you can sometimes sneak in a Halloween instead if it's like October. Nah. But Maybe. it's November, dude. You gotta watch a Jason movie. That's a rule. Definitely. Would your wife like this movie, George? I was I was thinking that because my wife has been, you know, in and out of the room, you know, as I'm watching these movies. And I think that her, I don't know what, put words in her mouth but her opinion probably is that these movies stink mm. and i want to show her this one because this doesn't stink this one what i would recommend because i kind of know your wife check to see if netflix has it or if it's on demand you can get the edited version less, where you're not getting all the less gratuity gore, less gore less, no, less nudity less nudity no nudity like when i watched it at home oh, I, yeah, no, I yeah. watched it without all that stuff first time I mean, it's still got some boobies in it. It's it's still good, but that stuff's all out. Like, all the gratuity is kind of cropped and whatever, so you don't really see any of it. Yeah. So she might be able to sit through that. Because it is. There's a lot of gratuity. I don't think she really care. Okay. Well, if she doesn't care, then by all means, show her the killer cut. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think I want to show her this, because this is, like, a good... I might have to sh- I might have to tell her a little bit of backstory about the first movie. Before we watch it, or maybe I should just no. Maybe I, mean, I should just watch just the first. One. Maybe just it watch the first one enough. with her. Yeah, yeah, maybe watch the first and one. And then with the her, second yeah. one, and then the third <laughs> and the fourth third one. Go all the way up to four, and then yeah. just watch this. Just and then skip watch three, this. dude. Just be like, oh, and then in part three, he got a hockey mask. Here's part four. But the end <laughs> of part three is so good, and though. you get yeah. it at the beginning of part four. And yeah, you up. get the recap. You get the wrap up. That's true. Now, one last thing that we have to say. Because we are really, I mean, I'm not ready to be done with Mr. J just yet. Right. I can't let go, George. <laughs> <laughs> well, we never did uh, Freddy versus Jason, so we could always come back to yeah, that. Yeah, we got to save that. We got to save that till yeah. at least Nightmare 1 or 2. Just give, yeah. give George a little Freddy experience without ruining it for him by making him watch 4, 5, and 6. And mm. ugh. Uh, I am going to watch 7 sometime this week probably just to keep up 
See if maybe I like that one. I hear that one's good. What is seven? Is that New Nightmare? New Nightmare. I hear it's good. That's very good. It's good. I hear it's good. Yeah. I have a feeling it'll be better than three, but I don't think it's going to yes. unseat two as my second favorite. Because two is uh, it's bonkers. Good Here's the thing. George. Two I love. You've now <laughs> seen the remake, which at times I have said with my mouth to people that is <laughs> that it's the third best Jason movie. Okay. Okay. Now that's, you know, I could get out from that as a technicality saying, well, part one doesn't count, so I just mean two, four, and then this one. But it's a real damn good one. How do you rank it? What is your initial impression? You're going to change over the years. Everything changes. But where right now, having just seen the perfect placement of all the kills and stuff, uh, where does it rank in your Jason Top 11? Because it's a remake or a reboot, can it be ahead of the movies that it came from, its roots? Would you rank Batman Begins ahead of Batman 66 or 89? Some people would. Abs- absolutely. So you can do that with this one. Okay. I wouldn't, I would though. Batman 89 is the king. Sorry, Batman Begins. You are second best. <laughs> Third best, because Dark Knight. But Dark Knight, right. Batman Begins is really good, though. It is very Yeah, really I like really Batman good. Begins a lot. Sneaky good. Sneaky good. Yeah. It takes I would time. go I would go Dark Knight Begins <laughs> then 89. 89. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um this one this is really good. This is a really good movie. This if I wasn't such a huge fan of 1 and 2. I I think I have to do 1 and 2 and then this one. I'm going to flat out say this is better than 2. You know what my measure would be for why this isn't better than two? Although I totally buy, I mean, dudes, this movie kicked ass. Like it's. Cool. I'm just thinking, like, uh, in, as as a package, the cinematography, the the script. I mean, if you're going package, you got to go straight quality. to Jason Nine. <laughs> no, stop it. <laughs> um, this takes way more risks. It 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 adds way more to the lore. It does everything that you wanted in every movie is in this movie. So to me. Yeah, two came first, but I'm going with the chicken here before the egg. Like, I just, this is way, to me, a complete movie. Is it the two chicken, is great. though? Or is it the, uh, like, the all-you-can-eat Golden Corral buffet, where, like, it's everything you could possibly want on a plate, but it's not as genuine <laughs> as, like, a nice steak with a good mashed potato at a steakhouse? I I hear that, but I put it... How I judge it, if the other movies didn't exist, this would be amazingly the probably the best slasher horror movie I've seen in 40 years. But if the other movies didn't exist, how would you possibly realize when that girl gets thrown off of a second story window onto the hood and windshield of a cop car? That they're making simultaneous references to part four, part seven, and part eight mm-hmm. in the same shot. Guys. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's high efficiency. But is that it's a better movie than part two? I don't know. My measure would be I've watched part two three times since September 1st. Mm-hmm. So in two months, I've watched it three times. And I would watch it again. If somebody called me and was like, hey, it's Friday the 13th, and we don't want to watch part three. We want to watch part two again. Uh, Yeah, 
I watched it Monday night. I'll watch it again tonight. It's fine. Let's do it. Part yeah. two is awesome. This one I hadn't watched for years, and I don't know how quick right. I'm going to get back to it. I've seen it twice in, in a month, and I would watch it again. I'd go home tonight and watch it. It is really good, man. Yeah, it's good Yeah, stuff. I'm going I'm to stand by one, two, then this one for me. That's respectable. Yeah, I get that. I, yeah. I, mean, I, like one, I just like one and two. I love four so much. The characters are so much more likable. Like, I don't want anyone in part four to die until they've made a mistake. Right. But in this one, Trent right away, uh, God, paper cuts, you know. Such a douche. I'm not really attached at all to uh, Eric Active. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> uh, as soon as he's on the screen, I'm like, what's this guy good for? I don't know. <laughs> push-ups? Like, I don't need push-ups, guy. So there's a lot of people in this movie I just didn't attach to. But in part four, mm. I like them all. And then, like, the boyfriend's a dick. So, okay, yeah, spear gun through the dick, through the... Okay, yeah, that's fine. Because that guy sucked. But he didn't suck from the beginning. He became sucky after I already liked him. Yeah. So mm. I'm still going mean, to put part four. I still... I go back and forth between two and four. Because four... Man. I mean, a lot of it's just Peter Barton is dreamy AF, right? Like... He's got a beautiful face. <laughs> and I, I think one of the other things that makes me love this is is it's modernized. I watch three, or I watch four, as much as I love four. I watch two. Two doesn't suffer as much as four, but it, it the acting is dated. The characters are forced, like they're, they're yeah, they're likable, but they're they're eighties likable. Like it's, it's like watching Bachelor Party. It's just not you're getting what you're getting, and you knew what you were gonna get. I watched that the other day. I hadn't seen it maybe ever. Like I'd seen clips, but I don't know if I ever sat down right. and watched the whole thing. Uh, that's a laugh riot, and I will I watch it again soon. But yeah, it's yes. it, it's of a time. Season three, <laughs> man. Season but, two point. Uh, next episode, let's just uh, hit the brakes. <laughs> we're watching Bachelor Party next. Bachelor Party. Actually, we're gonna watch Friday too, because now that we've been talking about it again, I want to watch it again. I'm just I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Mostly. <laughs> I'm going to go Make home and Friday do it. 2 like part of season 2. <laughs> just, like watch <laughs> it again and it. talk about it again. <laughs> we'll at everybody. Every season we're going to do Friday 1 and Friday 2 at least once. Sometimes <laughs> twice. We'll double up some seasons. Just ch- taking your temperature on where we're at with the Jason movies. <laughs> yep. Still like it. Season 35. <laughs> Well, and you know, you bring up a good point there, George. You don't mean to, but what you said brought me to this point. We are back in mid-season form. So what that means is as we go to a full-on, every-other-week, bi-weekly format, we got to start teasing you with what your next movie's going to be. That's right. So we've come to that part in the show. We haven't discussed this. Where we're going to tell you (laughs) what your next movie is, but... Like all rules that are meant to be broken, we're actually not even going to follow our new rules the first time. Wow. And let me tell you why. Something very important is coming up. On our release schedule, this episode is going to come out on December 16th. So listeners, uh, you knew that already because you were listening to it at some point on or after December 16th. But what that means is, George... In between this week and our next scheduled release, there's a little uh, winter solstice celebration happening. Yeah, sure is. There's yeah. going to be pagan trees and mm-hmm. Darlene Love's going to be on my 
Alexa about every 15 minutes, my kids are going to be like, aren't there other Christmas songs? And I'm going to be like, bitch, no, there is one Christmas <laughs> song and it is called Christmas. And she sings the song so well that she clips the fucking preamp and they kept it in. And my kids are going to be like, dad, don't say fucking. Also, <laughs> it's Christmas. what's a preamp? And where is the elf? What is a clipping? <laughs> anyway, I'm actually, I'm getting, I'm getting excited, guys. As soon as Thanksgiving's over, Darlene Love 24-7 for six weeks. That's right. I listened to it until second week of January. Anyway, the snow's coming hmm. down, and it's Christmas. That's a good fucking song. Mm-hmm. George, Christmas yes. is coming. Here's what we're going to do. So we're watching, uh, what's that That movie that's everyone argues is whether or not it's a Christmas movie? Die Hard? Die Hard? Yeah, so we're watching Die Hard? No. <laughs> no. Everybody's seen Die Hard. I haven't seen George Die Hard. I know, but we can watch Die Hard anytime. We are going to watch, okay. piggybacking on the success of the uh, fall break and the fact that I just can't get enough slashers. We're going to be watching the cult classic, controversial, movie theater picketing, (laughs) Silent Night, comma, Deadly Night. Movie theater picketing. Oh, there was controversy when this movie came out. Is it sacrilegious? No. Oh, okay. But it was dead set in the <laughs> middle of the satanic panic of the 80s, and so mm. slasher movies were causing kids to you know, play D&D and shit. Parents were losing their minds. Mm. And then this movie came out, and the poster art offended some people. Nice. Mm. So the, the Karens got their picketing signs out, and they picketed. Mm. Karen's the, gonna uh, Karen the Santa name. arm going into the chimney holding an axe? Hells, yeah. Yes, Hells I remember that yeah. poster. Do people still say hells, yeah? Hells yeah. No. Right, no. no. Not at all. <laughs> well, we're hell. not people. So, George, that's it, man. <laughs> Next week, we're going to do a little extra for our audience at home. We're going to cover a little movie called The Silent Night, comma, The Deadly Night. It's not actually what Sound- it's called. Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's good. Now, Sounds good. What What does it do to our curriculum if I have not seen it either? Well, and I, I know... From talking to you that you didn't see it, so it's gonna be a, it's gonna be, it's not part of the curriculum. This is extra. This is a Christmas extra. present from me to y'all's. Okay. I'm, I'm not. Pu- it's Christmas break. You can write this down. I am not punishing either of you. Okay. I am gifting you. Nice. In the German sense, where gift means poison. <laughs> <laughs> Max Schnell. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for joining us on episode one of season two of the Remedial Film Class podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at, at Remedial Film Pod. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Remedial Film Pod. And you can email us at Remedial Film Pod at gmail.com. We'll see you back next week for a special Christmas edition, a Christmas break. As they said, silent night, comma, deadly night, question mark. All right, guys, we'll see you later. <laughs> Remember to tip your waitresses. Yeah, 18% gratuity. gratuity. 18%. Gratu- gratuitize them. <laughs>
but not in the taint. You got to go one way or the other. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Holy mackerel. George, George with the Alf laugh. <laughs> ah! Ah! <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs>